We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Maverick After Dark. I'm Kirk Henderson, joined once again by my very good friend and person who's been holding down the fort, Josh Bow. What's going on, dude? Nothing much. I mean, more more like, how are you doing? How are you holding up? I, you know, I'm great. I'm great. <clears throat> um, for everybody who doesn't know, uh, my wife and I had a had a, uh, a surprise baby. Um, it wasn't a surprise to us. We knew. <laughs> we knew, but I was just like, yeah. She just, she was just wasn't feeling well and just had to go to the hospital one day. And I was like, oh, there comes a baby. There's actually a whole TLC show, I think, called that, called I, I Can't, I like, I think it was called I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant. It's wild. My wife used to watch it and make fun of it all the time. But, you know, we just, uh, we're, we're doing well. We had a baby boy on Thursday morning. Um, it was something I have been preparing for, but, you know, kind of didn't want to share with everybody just because. You know, the more you start talking, like, you know, it just becomes a, like a kind of recurring topic of conversation. I didn't want it to dominate anything in my personal life. So, like, I, we really didn't tell anybody outside of our family and people who we ran into on a day-to-day basis. So, uh, yeah, it, uh, it's been good the last couple of days. And as Josh can attest, I was not good about paternity and taking time away, um, <laughs> largely because, and everybody here will get a kick out of this, my, my, my first kid came out of the womb kicking and screaming. And simply never let up. Was a terrible sleeper always. I, I I constantly make the joke that I was 20% smarter before Parker because I couldn't, I just never slept. Um, but the second baby is is chill. Um, <laughs> he is he is a, a chill to the point where I'm like waiting for the other shoe to drop. But uh, but we're here, and you know, I got dispensation from the wife to go ahead and and hop on here tonight. We know we're gonna have to figure out how to do this this year. I will not be surprised. Like, do not be surprised if I am holding a child on at least a few of these episodes this year, because that's just the nature of those first six six to twelve months. But uh, we'll have fun here because 
you know, um, uh, the Mavericks uh, in, in my my son's uh, short out of womb life are now two and one uh, and they're six and one on the year. And and wow, uh, what do we make of this Orlando game? They just defeated the, the Orlando Magic 117 to 102 in a game where I want to I want to get your takes on it because I am I am delighted. But beyond delighted, I, I'm still sort of formulating how I feel because. It's just kind of a, it was a surprising pull away victory for me. Um, funny enough, I didn't think it was that surprising mm. of a result. Um, I tweeted at halftime um, that the Mav- that the Magic are going to regret not having a bigger lead entering the locker room uh, from the first half, and the responses to that tweet were basically like what are you talking about someone said the magic are gonna win by 30 um just a bunch of people that were like no way and i was a little confused because i was like do we like not to be i'm not trying to be rude i I swear i'm just yeah uh, are we watching the same thing on our televisions because this was literally the exact same uh progression as the charlotte game which happened 24 hours ago they yeah, get thumped in the first three hours ago. <laughs> they get thumped Plus in the travel. first half. And I mean, it's even more than the Charlotte game. They get thumped in the first quarter or the first half. I don't know. <clears throat> and uh, basically they regroup in the second. And it's not so much, you know, obviously the defense picks up after halftime. That's, that's a little bizarre. But it's more just like the Mavericks haven't had a bad offensive game all season. And the Mavericks strategy so far – almost feels like they're daring these teams, you know, yeah, you're going to get some points on us, but I, we dare you to play four quarters of elite offensive basketball, because if you don't, we're going to run you off the floor and you're going to get left in the dust. And that's basically what's happened in every win this season. Like this team just does not have bad quarters offensively. Like even when they're down, 15 at half, they're still productive offensively, even if there might be a lot of turnovers or they're not shooting as well as they want to. They're doing enough to keep the game within arm's reach. And then it's just over in the second half because these teams aren't the Mavericks. Uh, The Magic are a good team, but they do not have the firepower, especially with the injuries that they had um, that they were dealing with. So, yeah, I mean, the Mavericks are on their third and fourth nights and you this was had all rights to be a schedule loss. But with Luka and Kyrie playing, um, it just had the feeling to me of, of of a win because I just the teams were even at three point shooting at halftime. They both had seven made threes. The Magic are not a good three point shooting team. I mean, the Mavericks make their threes; they they were going to win. Like that was the only way they were going to lose is if they missed their threes. Lo and behold, the Mavericks finished with fifteen made threes, and the Magic finished with eight. Um, so they made one three pointer in the second half, and like you're done. You can't do that against this Mavericks team. They're they're just too. They're too consistent offensively right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I wrote, it's funny you say that about the quarters because anybody that's read my recaps on Mavs Moneyball, I write too much, but I write as a process of sort of thinking out my thoughts. And I tend to go quarter by quarter and give kind of brief summaries. I did delete most of the second quarter summary yesterday. No, it's first quarter summary. Cause the Mavericks started off not being able to hit a dang thing from three. And then they hit four threes in the final four minutes, I think of the first quarter. And that helped really get them on track. And from there they were, they were just fine. I mean, tonight they shot 15 of 40 as a team, 37.5%. They shot 50% from the floor. 
Um, they got out rebounded uh, pretty decisively um, by seven in this game, at least uh, you know, not not accounting for team rebounds. But when I, I kept looking up because this was this was definitely a game, and I'll just be candid. Like I was watching it, but it was definitely like I'm watching it while feeding a child and burping a child and things like that. Kind of watching <laughs> it, not like taking notes like I tend to do. Um, and it was just surprising to see the Mavericks rally and rally and rally. And, you know, I'm delighted that we don't need to talk about the Scott Foster of it all. And some of the, the offensive foul calls and lively that I thought were a little ridiculous. Um, and some of the other things that were kind of happening that, that changed the way the game felt, um, at least from, from like watching it. And it, it's nice <laughs> to see them just figure out a way to win these games because, on the one hand, I keep feeling as I'm watching these games, like there's no way they're going to win. And then they have like a three or four play sequence in every game where they just close the door on teams. I mean, that that back to back, you know, uh, Luca to Kyrie three, followed by the steal and, and Kyrie to Luca. I mean, Jesus, like, how do you what do you do? Yeah, you don't... I mean, they've been doing this without Kyrie doing anything. Uh, and then the, the second half and the fourth quarter was kind of a sneak preview of oh, crap, they almost have another gear that they can hit, and they've already oh. been awesome. So. I mean, that's actually the funny part. There's a little bit of a – I was in and out on Twitter today kind of catching conversation for the first time, and I'll be candid. I'm always reluctant to talk about Kyrie Irving because there are a number of Twitter fan accounts that just lose your mind, lose their minds if you say anything about him that's negative. But I don't think it was – it's really, you know, um, spicy to say that Kyrie Irving has not – at least until the last two games, he's 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 had kind of up and down performances where he's really made his mark at certain points, but he hadn't been able to hit threes. He wasn't really finishing inside. And then these past two games, he's had spurts, like extended spurts, where he's been really ridiculously talented. Like he just the talent just oozes. And you know, he finished eight of twenty tonight, probably frustrated by that. At some point or another, he's gonna have like a nine three-pointer game. I mean, he's only shooting. I, I did the math on this and and he's like he's shooting something hilarious from from three point range. It's it's, it's, it's under twenty percent, right? It, it, maybe let me see here because it's like last so I he's checked, got four, it was five, <laughs> six, seven. He's got seven total makes on the year and twelve plus twelve, twenty four, twenty seven. So seven to twenty seven for three, which is just a shade under twenty five percent. So yeah, no, 26%, excuse me. So it's like, he has nowhere to go but up in terms of his yeah. offensive efficiency. And if the Mavericks are winning games like this, that should put a little bit of fear of God in teams, like you said. And and I just, I feel really bullish about the longer-term outcome where with the exception of the Wolves and the Nuggets and up until tonight, the Lakers, but wouldn't you know it, Anthony Davis got hurt again. Uh, teams that have a lot of size are going to continue to give the Mavericks problems, which is why I thought Orlando was a little bit of a trap game because Orlando is big. But this but was they just were missing a... Wendell Carter, which is huge. Mm-hmm. He's their starting center. So yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I kind of no, no. That's that's. But they even though <clears throat> like uh, I can't say that the guy. Let's see. He was uh, Luca played them this summer. Um, Log- uh, Wagner. No, uh, who's their back? Um, their center. I do, Goga. Oh, okay. Uh, he, but he's from, I'm pretty sure he's from the Republic of Georgia. Uh, and and he, they're just huge, like just lots of big people. And so I, I really thought the Magic would have given them more problems. And they really did. And, you know, 
uh, friend of the program, um, Mavs draft pointed out that the magic really stopped attacking the paint in the second, in the second half. But I also think the Mavericks had something to do with that. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a combination of, you know, the, the one-on-one defense dribble penetration, uh, dribble contain, uh, was much better. Uh, and also the Mavericks made a lot of shots and I still, you know, as bad as the Mavericks um, defense can look at times, any NBA defense is going to be better when you're when you're forcing their team to take the ball out of the basket. Uh, and in the second half, the Mavericks made exactly 50% of their shots. They made 38% from three, um, eight of 21 uh, from the field. The Magic didn't have as many opportunities, I felt like, to get out on the break. They only had four turnovers in the second half. So you cut down on turnovers. You cut down on, on, on missed shots you're forcing the magic to walk the ball up and down the floor. And I think if you looked at this magic team, their Achilles heel is half court offense. I mean, without um, uh, Markel Fultz, I mean, they really didn't play. uh, I mean, like who's their point guard? Like, you know, Franz uh, Wagner is is a pretty decent playmaker for his size, but he's not, he's not a point forward like a Luca. Uh, Jalen Suggs, Anthony Black are, are pretty good guards, but they're not. I think you call each one of them a combo guard. Yeah, same with Cole. Anth- Cole Anthony's a scorer. He comes mm-hmm. off the bench to score. You know, they don't have a guy that can get you settled and run through your sets and set some guys up um, as well as what the Mavericks do. So when the easy opportunities dried up, um, whether it was a fast break, secondary break, you know, being able to attack a, a scattered defense, um, cause the Mavericks, I think the Mavericks still shot well in the first half, but they had a lot of turnovers, uh, in the first half. So, um, I just think the easy opportunities went away and the Mavericks guard much better when, when it's in a half court situation, they're, they're still a pretty lousy transition defense team. But if you limit the transition opportunities, if you limit offensive rebounding opportunities, which I think they did a decent job of as well. I mean, they kind of forced the magic to, to play at their own game and, and they couldn't match up with them. Um, I was looking at this, uh, and I want to just now just talk about the ridiculousness of this Mavericks offense. I'm looking at their season-long box score. Um, field they're goal a percentage. negative 35 in first quarters. Yeah, that's pretty funny. But their their field goal percentage by game, 47.5 uh, against the Spurs, 48.4 against the Nets, 50 against Memphis, 45.7 against Chicago. Um, but they made 23s in that game. Um, uh, 47.7 against Denver, 47.3 against Charlotte, and uh, Magic, uh, fifty even 50%. They've made at least 14 three-pointers in every single game they've played this season. Um, they've made at least 15 free throws in every single game this season. Like, how do you... <laughs> You're not losing, like, that's why they're six and one. You're not losing games when you have such a big advantage at the three point line and the free throw line. Like, the free throws, um, I think, is a real kind of underlooked story because they're getting pulverized in the paint this season. Uh, that's a fact. Um, but, but their, their advantage at the three point line and the free throw line every game this season has basically negated their, their disadvantage at points in the paint. So, I just, I mean, they have just been a machine offensively, and it's been, it's been pretty remarkable to watch. Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. Well, before we continue, 
Uh, I want to talk about the the crazy and continuous growth of the Pod Mavericks YouTube channel, which is at just a shade under 2,000 subscribers. If you guys could do Josh and I a favor, head down there, like the stream. I don't know what it does. It does something good. Would like for you guys uh, to go ahead and click that button if you're watching on mobile, if you're watching on desktop. Um, I would really appreciate that. And uh, while you're there, if you could consider subscribing to the pod maverick show we uh when when i don't have children we do shows immediately following most games um we had a pretty hilarious snafu on the late friday night game against uh, denver but that probably won't happen very often um and then as most people know we tend to do a second post game show where i host you guys uh anybody that wants to come talk on on the youtube app here it's a shockingly easy program uh, anybody that's tried it, you know, you click a couple of links and all of a sudden you're talking to me like you're talking to your friends through FaceTime. And we have a lot of fun with that. So if you could uh, subscribe and maybe click the notify button, that would be uh, really great. I would really, really like to uh, to talk to you guys and hope you subscribe to our show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. So the, the, the causes for concern have to be the defensive weirdness in first halves. Because I think you could make the case that their one loss was because they got blown off the floor in the first half and then had a struggle uh, getting back into it. However, they played, a, a they played an offensive team actually that could match them also for four quarters, like Denver's. Uh, so they never, they couldn't outshoot their way back into the game because it's Denver. So, what on earth do the Mavericks do to get themselves into things defensively? Because I don't really have an answer. Other than they keep closing the door on teams, not just on offense, but defensively in the second half. Is there a, what are they not doing in the first half that they're doing in the second half? That's a tough I, question to ask. I have an answer. Uh, 
Well, okay, you have an answer. Well, then you go first, then, because I don't think I have a, a clear answer right now. Let me heard this theory, heard this theory today. This is not my theory, but uh, if you listen to the All NBA podcast, it is a brand new podcast with my friend Adam Mares and ESPN's Tim Legler. It is basketball for basketball people. I really recommend this show. It's on three to four times a week. They talk about X's nose from across the league. They really love the game. It's not a lot of. Uh, it's not a lot of, um, you know, uh, narrative-based stuff. But but Tim Legler's theory was that Luca basically loafs it until the fourth quarter. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> he lo- his theory, I think it was Legler today. It was either Legler or it was, Tim, it was Tim Bontemps today. I listened to three or four Mavs-centric podcasts. But somebody on one of the shows I heard today was like, the Luca kind of loafs it defensively and then really tightens up in the fourth quarter, which is where the Mavericks keep pulling away from teams. I don't think that's true because I've watched these games pretty closely. I think Luke is doing a pretty excellent job defensively throughout the whole game, but I, I don't have a good explanation other than are these guys just trying harder after kid gets into them at halftime? Some of that, some, maybe some adjustments. I mean, they had 10 turnovers in the first half mm. um, and they had four in the second in this game um they one mid- point off turnover like very few points off turnovers in the second half right so i mean they clean i really think it's just a matter of them cleaning up the game a little bit and controlling what they can control on their end i think they do a better job at taking away the easy stuff in the second half so again limiting transition opportunities by limiting your turnovers limiting transition opportunities by just running better you know being better offensively because they I, I did say they you know it's not to say that they've when I was like, you know, they kind of they kind of force teams to play perfect offensive games for four quarters. It's not like, you know, the second quarter they weren't great shooting the ball tonight. I think they were two of ten from three in the second quarter. And when you miss threes, that's like that's transition fuel when you miss three pointers. So so they aren't perfect through all four quarters, but they 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 do definitely keep within arm's reach. They don't have these like cold quarters where they score like fifteen or, or sixteen points. So I think it's just a matter of them controlling the things that they can control. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s defense seems to be get a little better. He was prime space cadet candidate off the ball in the first half tonight. And then that just, he just cleaned that up a little bit in the second half. I don't know if that's just, I don't know. I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that's self-awareness, but he did not get burned as badly off the ball uh, in the second half as he did um, in the first half. And I wonder if that's because, transition opportunities even if they don't result in a fast break bucket the Mavericks probably like to do some cross matching and I wonder if that mixes up the coverages a little bit especially for players like Tim that are not really predisposed to being quality team defenders in the first place so maybe if they're chasing different matchups across the floor because of the turnovers and the missed shots maybe that doubles down on his his bad defensive tendencies um you know, we'll see. I don't know. I'm not not entirely sure there, but yeah. I mean, part of it is just I think they're off. They're just an offensive machine. And they kind of just grind these teams into dust, and it's just hard for them to keep up. Uh, I, I don't know. Well, I'm just I'm sort of stunned. Is is where <laughs> I am, and you know, somebody noted this in the chat, and and stunned in a good way because I had noted heading into the season that I really was desperately hoping the Mavericks would get off to a pretty good start and that they've gotten off to a six and one start with Luca playing 
I mean, his turnovers recently have been really problematic. Well, he, he's he's averaging, I think, like six turnovers over the last four when he started out with 10 turnovers in the first three games. Uh, but they're they're doing this sort of in spite of Kyrie and Luca not playing absolutely like sublime basketball. Now I will, I did want to point something out. I I love Kyrie point guard mode. Um, 10 assists in two games in a row. He just makes a lot of I mean, there's not like uh, this is not insulting. I, I mean this in the most positive way imaginable. He simply makes the right basketball play over and over and over again. And it's fun to watch somebody other than Luka Doncic do that. And so I really like, I love him like running the offense. I want them to, to kind of continue this because if, if Luka's able to, to, you know, if they're able to get away without Luka scoring 35 points a game, yeah. that's just huge. Yeah. Kyrie for the season has 29 assists and seven turnovers. Yeah. Which is, that's fantastic. Which is, yeah. So that's really good. And I mean, you think about last season before the trade, what, who is setting anyone up on this team besides Luca? Because they lost Brunson, they didn't replace him with another with another guard that's capable. Like, so you know, they just this is kind of what it looks like when you actually have another high quality offensive creator uh, on the on the floor, and that's why it looks so much different than you know at least the first part of last season, and then the second part of last season. You know, trades are it's tough to come in with a trade. They were still great offensively, Luca and Kyrie, but you know having a training camp and an off season under your belt, I think makes a, a world of difference. I think you're seeing that pay off in a big way. Um, and they just have um, the Mavericks finally subscribed to the, to the, to the longstanding uh, theory of acquire better basketball players and your basketball team mm-hmm. will better. Um, quietly Grant Williams had a really productive night, um, 13 points on nine shots. Again, it's not necessary. He's not setting people up, but, Again, they're just – even Derek Jones Jr., he only had five points, but I thought his defense was really good in the second half. He had two blocks as a wing, which is really nice. Um, Dwight Powell, now a bench player. Tim Hardaway Jr., a bench player. You know, even Josh Green. Like, I'm sorry Josh Green stands, but him being a bench player has worked so far for this team, I think. I, I don't think I would make a lineup change yet. Um, Jaden Hardy being able to be a guy that can just play a couple of minutes here and there when they need them and not like 20 minutes because they need someone else that can do something with the ball in his hands just makes a difference. You're not playing Frank Milikina and Theo Penson and McKinley Ray. I feel like I broke a record. I think I've said this after every play. I don't care. Love it. It just makes a difference. It just makes a difference. Get the Um, get good basketball player strategy. Yeah. (laughs) Just a like a really, I mean, it's, it's, it's sassy, but it's like, yeah, you know the Mavericks tried for so long. They get Luca, then they get, then they get. Uh, they're twenty. Like this is you said this before. The 2019-2020 team was the best team Luca played on, and this is this is going to rival it. I feel pretty confident in saying that. And in between, they had two seasons where they, you know, granted they made the Western Conference Finals in one of them, but the notion of get better basketball players isn't that fucking hard. And yet apparently it was very difficult for this Mavericks organization until they, you know, like the obsession with um, the obsession that they had for the better part of two years of like winning these pointless battles while they also had like only maybe nine NBA players on a given team. It's just, (laughs) it's it's nice to see you tune in. You know, one of the things we didn't talk about, and I think is, is would have been is worth discussing is we're pretty sure Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic were going to play in this game. Um, And maybe it's the rest rules that is sort of, 
pushing the Mavericks into using these guys, or maybe it's the fact that they noticed that, that they, they smelled some blood in the water with Orlando and really went for it. And that's just the sort of thing we haven't seen this Mavericks team do since that 2019, 20 season where they tried to win sort of in the margins. And it's like, you got to take advantage of these early season wins. Like this is Jason Kidd's best start as a head coach period and any team he's coached. And there's just like a lot of little things where you can see that they're winning despite not playing their best basketball. And that's the part that I kind of keep circling back to. The defense can tighten up some. Uh, the shooting, I think, for certain players is going to improve, which which means that other players don't necessarily have to carry the load. There's guys who haven't shown us much of anything yet that I think still have the, the opportunity to do so. Like, I feel, I don't know, I just, I, I'm never positive for a sustained period, but I just, I feel good. It's nice. Yeah. And especially consider the fact that they had the hellacious international preseason, which historically the teams that do that do not do not win six of their first seven games. Really glad you brought that up. Yeah. So we got run roughshod by the Minnesota Timberwolves twice. The Minnesota Timberwolves, I just checked on this a second ago, are currently tied with the Boston Celtics, who I don't think have lost yet. They are killing teams. I mean, the are. Wolves are killing teams which makes me feel a lot better like in hindsight if that makes any sense like those two games make a lot more sense with the wolves coming in and kicking the shit out of people and frankly that san antonio spurs win looks better with every game it looks better with every game that they came back and beat that spurs team you know <laughs> except this like, except for tonight that's, you know, <laughs> take yeah, a look at the spurs score tonight. yeah the, i know the, you, i i agree with you i'm just i'm just joking i'm just having that's a, a lot of points man <laughs> That's a lot of points. Man, Philadelphia <laughs> scored 146 in regulation, too. The Indiana Pacers beat the Spurs 152 to 111, for anybody curious. Um, we're we're, we're seeing right. some points. I agree with you, though. Um, <sighs> some of those teams have acquitted themselves uh, a little bit better since then. And also, um, oh, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. Um, shoot. Uh, yeah, just talking about – yeah, I just thought they would get off to us like – international play Kyrie with missing like he already missed two games like if you told us before the season started that Kyrie was not only going to miss two games but then put up the numbers the shooting percentages he's put up so far this season what we probably all would guess like what two and five like three and four at best like uh so this is this is pretty this is pretty cool well and the real thing is this is where where I've lived for a while the regular season to a certain degree, you know, and everybody talks about teams don't take the regular season seriously, blah, 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 blah. You just got to get to the playoffs. Well, the two times the Mavericks, you know, just tried to get to the playoffs. They ran into the frigging Clippers and gave the Clippers the only healthy series that those two, that those guys ever had together. And I think, you know, you got to eat innings and come out ahead. And starting off six and one and, you know, the, the schedule is, is, does get tougher, but if the Mavericks can, they're not going to play at a six and one pace all year. It's just the the facts of life. But winning early results, and you not if if something shitty happens late, you have some cushion. This yeah. is what happened to them last year. Yeah, they finished 32, 38, and forty four, but they lost so many stupid games in the first half of the season that by the time like things really turned into a slog in the mud in January and February, it was like, well. If we're candid, the season was kind of lost way back when. And it's, you know, everybody is just sort of catching up to them over time. So it's like every little win, even if it's an ugly win, which is like that, that Charlotte win last night, uh, I'll take it. I, I don't, I would rather be lucky than good and, and then figure out how to become good over the course of the year. Yeah, for sure. I agree. 
Um, one more thing I wanted to hit on um, before we get out of here. I don't know what, what else you wanted to talk about. Um, but one thing that kind of popped out at me besides the stuff that we've already talked about, mm-hmm. you know, people can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like we saw the first instances in the second half of Grant Williams at the five. And I think I might go back and maybe this is something I'll write about tonight or maybe when I wake up tomorrow, but it, I don't know if you, you caught that part of the game, but it looked good. It looked really, really good. I feel like uh, even though they missed some shots with that lineup on the floor, they basically got every single look that they wanted with him at the five and finally setting some more screens for Luca. Because what's also funny about this start is Grant Williams has basically been just like a spot up guy and they haven't really used him in the pick and roll as much as they could with Luca. Um, and I think when he was playing the five, I think it was partly in the third quarter, maybe some of the beginning of the fourth. I can't remember. Um, but he was setting screens on ball and like rolling into the paint and like the magic were kind of like, what? Like, cause he's so used to just being a guy on the perimeter and spotting up. He got a couple of uh, uh, layups. He got fouled under the basket a few times. Um, he found another player underneath the basket for a score because the defense kind of freaked out that he was down there. So I'm going to take a look at that again, uh, either tonight or tomorrow morning, but that was, I mean, that's something they really haven't tried yet. And that was like a nice, a nice little trump card and Orlando missing, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. Meant that they kind of had some smaller ish lineups, uh, with their bench units. Like they had, uh, Mo Mo Wagner, uh, as their backup big. And like, I don't think you're scared of him in the paint when with like, I think you feel okay with grant on that matchup. So, uh, so that was cool. Like, and that's something we're probably going to see hopefully more down the season, but I thought strategically like that was one of the more interesting things they did uh, tonight. Sure. Well, before we get out of Dodge, was there anything that happened in, in that Denver and Charlotte game that, that we should talk about? Um, I don't know. Um, did people, like people got mad about that denver game in a way that didn't i was very irritated okay you were irritated i didn't see here's Um, why okay here's why i love luka Doncic. luka did everything his haters say in that denver game everything he he was whiny he didn't get back on defense and he turned the ball over a lot he turned it around in the second half but was a little too much too late Lots of staring, lots of pouting. And he's been much better about that this year. I mean, people get mad when you say this, but he was averaging a tech like every three and a half games. We're through seven games. Luca has one tech. That's important. And how many techs did he get rescinded last season? (laughs) Like, so like there is progress. So for the people who say there's not progress, they don't want to see it. But I hated to see that on the national stage because that's when yeah. people tune in. There's this one ringer guy who's not even a basketball guy named Van Lathan. He's just like, I'm so tired of seeing seeing this this shit from Luca. I don't want to see it. And it's like, it's a bad impression. It's like, I give people a bad impression and they never let up. That just is a fact. And uh, <laughs> and Luca does the same thing. And, and it just, people don't want to let go of those sorts of things. And I, I wish... You know, when it when it comes to winning time in real situations, I choose Luca nine, 99.9% of the time, period. He's just, he's my guy. I believe in him. But I just, I hated that element of it. Um, I'm glad they tightened things up a bit. I didn't like, I, I just, I, I feel like the Matt, like, granted, we talked about this a little already. The Mavericks are playing great, but I cannot help but shake the fact that I feel like that they are very small. 
They're very small. Every person that tells me they love Josh Green, I'm like, guys, he's 6'4". Like, I, well, you see him next to Aaron Gordon. And again, NBA champions, okay? But that's <laughs> the point. It's a measuring stick. When you play Derek Lively at 7'1", Grant Williams at 6'5", and Josh four, or and Josh Green at 6'4", is like your 3-4-5 combo against Aaron Gordon at 6'8", uh, Michael Porter Jr. at 6'10", and Nikola Jokic at 6'11", you're, you're losing that most of the time, right? That, that's yeah, just yeah. where I am. Yeah. That's I, okay. I, yeah. I understand because Denver, you know, this this Orlando team was the second best team they played all season, and you can argue Orlando is going to be Not what? Great. Yeah, like they're they're solid. They're talented, but they're going to be what? Like a sure. six, seven, eight range in, in the East? Um, and so Denver was really their first opportunity so far this season to be like, okay, let's see what's different. And it kind of felt like, you know, okay, well – they're not there yet, but but, but my That's thing okay. is, yeah, my thing is, it's kind of like, yeah, it is okay because you can't get there, and you can't go from thirty-eight wins to being better than the defending champs. You're right in one summer, but You're I right. also understand the way that it happened was a little disappointing. I also slept maybe two hours. <laughs> like I powered through that game with like enough C four coursing through my veins to power the sun. Um, so you know. It's it's just the nature of things. Oh, my buddy Josh Josh McSwain. <laughs> how did you work in another Josh Green shot at this point? Oh, don't worry. We got a whole article coming out tomorrow that might explain why <laughs> Josh Green is not a starter yet. That is going to, I think, set Mavs Twitter ablaze. I cannot wait. But it's but, it's uh, it's well researched and fair. It's not and it's not even it's a criticism. Not, it's, it's like yes, this is this is he, what's if, happening. If he yeah. is to become a starter, this is the thing that needs to happen. Um right. but you know. As it, I'm really pleased because there's overall where we are this year, six and one, really fantastic with so much room for improvement. That's yes. what I'm really psyched about. So, and they'll need to see that improvement shortly because we were talking about measuring stick games. They're going to have about four or five of them in the next two weeks. Um, At least on paper. I mean, I yeah, thought somebody in the chat just asked, is Zion hurt again? And like that changes the course of things. Like the Anthony Davis hurt his like hurt his groin. Like this is just you, know, you get ten to twelve games in the year, things start happening. And the Mavericks started off the year with some of those things happening. Kyrie Irving hurt, so we'll, we'll we'll see where things go. Okay, yeah, still fun. This is a fun fun season so far for sure. Anything right, beats guys. the hell out of last season. So. Oh God, yes. <laughs> can't even you know can't even contextualize that. Okay. Um... I don't really know. All right. I'm going to come back live here in about 20 minutes. So if you guys will go, you know, when you you feel like exiting the show, go back, hit the notify me button, join me, come up on, uh, you know, I keep calling it on stage. um, but That's not correct. Come up here and talk basketball with me. I have a good time. It's early 940. This is weird. Um, And we'll come hang out for a little while. Until then, if you want to head over to MavsMoneyBall.com, we'll have a couple of posts up. There's no basketball tomorrow. The NBA doesn't have basketball on election days, which if you didn't know, it was an election day. It's an election day in certain states. Uh, so they just give everybody the, the whole day off to get out and vote if that is well, something you're interested in doing. So we'll have at least three posts up tomorrow. I'm pretty excited. You have a Luca one up that I'm I'm really in. Um, our, our homie SJ has a good post coming up. And I think we'll probably write at least one. You know, you said you might write some. So we'll have some nice stuff up. So head on over to MavsMoneyBall.com. We'll be here. Uh, Like and subscribe. 
And hey, leave reviews too. I've been reading some of the reviews that I just missed, and it's uh, great when I read one from like four months ago and I pissed someone off. But also the praise, like that stuff too. This has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo. Thanks so much for hanging out. We will talk to you guys soon. Go Mavs.